Geeks, you listen to episode 370 of the Geeks on Grace podcast. My name's Cody Armour. I'm here with Shelly Nolan. Oh. And LJ Lowry. Yo. This week, we're geeking out about video game trailers, movie trailers, and TV trailers, and also probably whether or not Christian should consume MA content again. I feel like we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, but it'll be very on point for uh, this specific podcast. Yeah. Almost everything is pretty mature in in this podcast we are we are a faith-based podcast don't let this episode fool you <laughs> yeah for hopefully real. hopefully it'll be more clear <laughs> getting through all of this this stuff mm-hmm. but i am kind of excited for some of it i'm not gonna lie yeah before we do that talk about video games games we've been playing lj go for it all right um so I've been hitting the backlog this week a little bit. Um, I am playing the new Fortnite stuff, but in between that, uh, I've been playing... You didn't watch the concert? Oh, I did. I definitely did. Oh. It was awesome. Um, oh, that was neat. I guess I didn't put that in the news, but now Fortnite is going to have um, a music thing called Fortnite Festivals. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's Rocket Racing, which is basically like a cart, like a racing game, but with like Rocket League cars. And then the third mode is Lego Fortnite, which is going to be more survival oriented, but it's still going to be like Fortnite, um, but in Lego form. <clears throat> All that. I'm curious about rocket racing. I feel like it defeats the purpose. But... <laughs> yeah, um, it's but all yeah, all that's within Fortnite. I'm excited to try that stuff. But oh, it's um, all in Fortnite. Yes, it's all yes inside Fortnite. Yep. So there's literally Lego Fortnite, um, oh. rocket racing, and then it's called Fortnite Festivals, which is I think. So weird. Yeah. I saw it with the concert. They had like a Guitar Hero thing going on. Yes. Yep. They did have that. It was so cool. Uh, it was like I was like, <laughs> okay, like I don't know if I actually had to play it or just I could sit there and watch, but I was so in the zone on it, and I was like, oh, I can play. I I should keep up my. I should hold my controller. Like, <laughs> so it was legit. Um, it was fun. They give you a taste of everything in that event, but new seasons out. Um, it's fun still. Um, but yeah. Um, I'll have to report back on that other stuff when it launches um, yeah, later sure. later this week. But um, I have been really enjoying getting back into God of War. I started playing God of War Ragnarok again. Um, oh, I need to get so that. Yeah, so it's um, it was one of those games I started earlier this year, around Jan- in, in January. And then um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to pick this back up later this winter. You know, like, so it's that it's that time of year again. Um, even though I'm basically in Alfheim again, which is basically like the most nature-filled like realm in the game, so I'm like, oh, I need my yeah. snow back. Let me go back to, let me go, <laughs> let me go back to Midgar, um, and all that, and Midgard and all that, and so, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a real good challenge to go back to. Still, amazing game. Um, the other one, um, I actually picked up off a of, off the Steam sale. Um, there was two games still on sale after the sale ended. I was like, okay, those are still there. I'm going to get them. So I got Tron Identity and um, a game called On Guard, which is a, I think it was a student project. And I think it's made in like the same engine that Sifu is in because it has like some UI and things that are similar to that game. But it's a really cool swashbuckling, like cartoony looking animated kind of thing. Um, it's super fun. Um, 
you uh, basically that like Zoro type of theme, you know, like um, with like f fun sword battles. You can actually use the environment to um, help subdue your enemies. Like if you got a pot or like on the table or something, you can like or a vase, you can literally grab it if it's near you and throw it on their head or whatever, and it like keeps them stunned for a while. You can yeah. kick like crates and boxes at them and stuff. It's super fun, um, super fun little game. I'm glad I grabbed that. It was like ten bucks on the Steam sale. I think I only spent like twenty two bucks on the Steam sale this year, so I'm proud of myself because um, there was definitely stuff on that list I got. But um, yeah, that's kind of it. I feel like I really like I played stuff this week, but not like a ton. So. Oh, we can move on to whatever y'all have been playing. Cool. Go ahead, Jelly. Uh, so I haven't really been playing anything new, just playing more of the same old, still playing Persona 3, the game is still nice. really good. Um, I don't know how close I am to the end, but I'm still just kind of trucking along. <laughs> uh, played more Baldur's Gate 3, and uh, Act 3 is kind of rough. Like, not in the sense of, like, it actually, like, it's not, like, bad. It's just, like, oh my gosh, you are over 100 hours in and you still have so much of the game left and you just want to beat the game but there's all this other stuff you want you like kind of literally don't have to do but i just like want to do so like there's companion quests that i want to wrap up uh well that daniel and i do because we're playing through it together so and we were doing one last night just trying to finish one of up and it's this big fight and it's really hard I won't, like, spoil anything, but, like, mm -hmm. we were getting really frustrated. We had to restart the fight, like, three times, which just kind of feels like wasting time. But Oof, yeah. what was really more of the problem was that it felt like we were fighting the game more than we were, like, in the game fighting the fight. Because mm. it wasn't, like... I mean, it's a difficult fight, per se, you know, per se. But it wasn't necessarily the difficulty of the fight that was getting us. It was the difficulty of the mechanics that the game was allowing us. And there were just, you know, janky times where uh, my husband, the spellcaster, is trying to cast fireball on um, their stairs. And there's enemies on these stairs. And it's not steep stairs. It's pretty shallow stairs, mm. kind of just in this area. And um, so he's trying to shoot fireball and the game just because i don't know because stairs are technically not flat i don't know i don't know it's more my theory but it just makes it impossible to actually lock on to a like the exact spot you want hmm. it does the thing where you kind of like you drag your cursor and it gets stuck and then it like pops like i don't oh, know weird. how well to explain it there's like I, i'm sure there's a phrase for like the actual phenomenon of it but it's really really annoying because you're like I should be able to drop this fireball right here and hit these three guys, but should, it has to be at this it precise be, location. Yeah, it should be recognizing that elevation or something. Yeah, crazy. so that was one thing, and then there's another time where um, again, without spoilers, there's uh, one of the big mechanics of this fight is that the enemies will cast darkness, and their whole mm. thing is that they can't get blinded by darkness, so they will spam darkness everywhere, it, which is a spell, basically it blinds you. If you're in like the cloud of darkness, but mm. if you're outside the cloud of darkness, obviously you're not blinded because you're not in the spell. In the in the spell, but we ran into a situation where like I, I mean I'm the tank, right? So I'm up in the middle. I have like six guys on me, as you know intended, and I'm resistant to fire. So what we like to do is I'm kind of the bait. I, I get everybody to attack me, then uh, my husband will cast a fireball, and I don't really take much damage because I'm, I'm resistant. <laughs> And uh, they all die, right? Like, that's just it's <laughs> one of our favorite strats. 
So, um, unfortunately, there was darkness around me, not just six guys. And so he's trying to cast Fireball on me. But because he has to have, like, a specific thing that he's... Like, he can't just choose the area for mm. some reason. Like, he couldn't just cast it over the um, darkness. Like, I kept saying, like, oh, it's... Uh, path is interrupted. That's weird. So that was really annoying because feasibly the game's logic is thinking, well, you can't see into the darkness, therefore you can't hit any targets in there. But Fireball is a AoE <laughs> spell. It doesn't need to be targeted on a person right, or a creature. Right. It could be targeted Anywhere. in any area. Um, and it just wouldn't let him target like in or on the darkness. That's... That's cloud the... even though you know it's one of those things where like if this was D, &D it would make perfect sense yeah he'd be able be to do it exactly because you'd be like listen i know i can't see anybody in the right. darkness but i two seconds ago i saw all those enemies running there but surely yeah yeah surely i could just aim at the darkness it's gonna hit someone and it's gonna yeah. be what i want and so but the game just doesn't allow that so basically that's what i meant where it feels like we're fighting the game and the game's mechanics more than actually mm. engaging with the fight. So that's kind of annoying because it, it's not even a matter of, oh, we need to change our strategy because our strategy doesn't work well against the fight uh, strategy. It's, it's oh, we need to change our strategy because our strategy, the game doesn't want us to do it. And it's just simply yeah. because the game yeah. doesn't work in the way uh, that we want it to. Mm -hmm. Or sort of predict and anticipate that it will. So... That's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but I think we figured out strat. It's just a, the annoying thing is that the strat is basically equipping a single spell and just spamming that spell. <laughs> so, like, they're just that spamming sucks. a spell. We have a counter yeah. to spam the spell. And we're going to see if that works. But I don't like that that's uh, basically the solution that's offered. Like, when talking to friends and online, you basically have to look it up. Uh, and you know the online does say it's a really hard fight, so at least I feel valid in that way. But it's just uh, it was just kind of rough. So I wish my enjoyment was going up and up while playing Baller Skate, but I think it peaked in Act Two, and we'll see. Maybe when I we actually get to the official end game and start doing the final fights, maybe it'll be really good again. But I think right now it's just kind of overwhelming, and it's really easy to feel like I want to like kind of get burnt out. And it's funny because I keep talking to other people too who either haven't finished the game, they're also in Act 3, or mm. they beat the game, but they acknowledge that they're also kind of getting burnt out in Act 3. Like, I almost... I, I understand why they made it so big, because you're, like, just... I, I understand why, right? Like, they want to throw all that content in there. But I almost wish that they had Act 1 be the biggest, and then Act 2 is a little more focused, and then Act 3 is, like, really focused, and you're, like, really just hardline on the story. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be way more engaged. It'd probably be a lot more fun. Because Act 2 was really good simply because there wasn't like a million and a half things and side quests to do. It was pretty focused, all things considered. So it's a little bit weird that the stakes are so high, yet you're kind of expected to be doing all these like side quests and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I was trying to figure out why I'm having a bit of a rough time. And I think it's just kind of a culmination of a lot of those things like it's the, the mechanics being frustrating um just too much content i am a little bit overwhelmed but it's still obviously a really good game i'm just uh yeah i'm a little bit conflicted about Baldur's gate definitely still want to beat it for sure it's just i'm i'm intimidated 
knowing that the end may not be very close, even if I'm mm. in the last part. So, yep, there's that. Um, and also, the newest patch fixed some things, but broke other things, which of course it does. Every patch does. So that's also a little bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, and then besides that, I went to a tournament. Uh, I played Revs of Aether. Nice. Uh, it was really fun. I, there's nothing more to really say there. Right That's now. cool, though. I'm still on the Rivals grind, and Rivals 2 is looking really good. We're getting kind of more information on that. Um, unfortunately, getting some leaks. I know we're going to be talking about uh, leaks today a little bit, too, in some of the conversation, but there have been some leaks for Rivals 2 as well. Uh, and I just feel bad for any dev that gets leaked. It's just, it happens so often now. It's crazy. It's almost expected any, like, big game. And granted, Rivals 2 isn't even that big of a game, all things considered. Not in comparison to, like, AAA games. It's still, like, a small indie team. Very mm -hmm. niche game, right? But, you know, people still want to leak it. And it just kind of sucks that uh, a lot of devs and publishers and, and companies can't really control how they release this information. It's a little bit of a bummer. But, um... That's it. That's it for me. Cool. Uh, I'm playing the DLC for Forbidden West, uh, and it's always fun with these DLCs because I feel like the story is almost always better than the actual game. I don't know yeah. why that is or how that happens. I think for this one specifically, it's probably because most games now, they want to be so big with their stories. And mm -hmm. The exactly. DLCs will be this more personal story, and so you're a little true. more invested in that. Mm -hmm. I think... People get this these huge scopes and you kind of go, Ugh, I'm saving the whole world, okay? <laughs> this, yeah. I'm like, I'm saving myself. All right. <laughs> yeah. And not necessarily this one. It's it's a smaller group of people that you're saving, but I think it's I think it's neat. nice. So really enjoying that. <clears throat> Am a little excited to move on to a different game, but I knew yeah, that if I didn't do the DLC now, I probably wouldn't do it later. So <laughs> figured pick it up while it's still fresh. I'm still struggling on whether or not I really want to do Cyberpunks, but I love Cyberpunk, so we'll see. We brought up Ragnarok, and I'm like, that's another game I really, really want to that's play. It's a good one. Yep. God of War was amazing. Mm -hmm. War, or whatever you want to call it. The other thing I did was D&D, &D, and nice. that was a ton of fun. We've been DMing. This is our third session now. We only play nice. like once a month, and we had a like, two-month break on accident, because of the scheduling happens. complex. Mm -hmm. Yep. Per usual. That's, and that's the true D D experience. Is, is, I saw yeah. I saw my a TikTok. Game is also at a I saw break. I saw the TikTok where it's like um Chris Pine said something about like the sequel for the D D movie being worked on and then he's like, Oh yeah, like you know, I've heard things, I don't know when it's gonna happen. And then they're like, Yes. Perfect like it's that true to D D. <laughs> right. Is that even the cast doesn't even know when the next the, session is gonna be I've heard things, I don't know what's gonna happen. Gonna it's gonna perfect. Be. People keep talking. I keep seeing all these posts on that, uh -huh. kind of a tangent, that are like, yeah, we can see them level up, but they need to fight bigger and badder monsters. I want the same exact actors, different classes, like totally different characters. That would be, be funny. Same Very actors. Very funny. That would be, so be so good. Because cool. they'd be like, oh, a total party switch up. Oh, I rolled a new character. Like, you know? Now, make Chris thing... Pine a halfling rogue. Mm -hmm. You could do Lord of the Rings sizing to just make him shorter than everybody <laughs> else. Now, the other <laughs> thing that, um, excuse me. Oh, I had to sneeze, but now I don't. That's so annoying. Um, the other thing that I think would be fun and funny and niche and weird and maybe not good, actually, but have an actual Baldur's Gate 3 and D&D &D movie crossover. 
Like, Ooh, I want. What if a Stereon shows up? Oh, that'd be perfect. You know, because we have all these all huge. Like, this characters. is all. If it's all still part of the actual official Wizards of the Coast canon, I want Strahd as the that villain. Is Baldur's Gate three, and I mean the other Baldur's Gates as well. Yeah, um, and then Three's also the most notable. The touch of the, it's just Strahd such different insane. energies. That'd be so cool. Like, uh, even if they mention, like, oh, that big, like. You know, mind flare like thing that happened a while ago. Remember that like Nautiloid that was flying around and like destroyed that city. That's not a spoiler by the way. That happens in literally the cutscene, yep. first cutscene of the game. Like, hey, remember when that happened, guys? Like that was crazy. Like if, any stupid reference like that. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm not be usually cool. one to to like things like that. I just think it'd be funny, specifically because I I think it's absurd that they exist in the same universe, like canonically. I think that's <laughs> crazy that they're both Wizards of the Coast basically 5e based like lore accurate it's kind lore, of like, like first guardians of the galaxy movie right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. all the movies were super serious and then we got guardians of the galaxy and we're like what is this basically this is it's similar <laughs> yeah yeah it's just super i just think it'd be really funny if there was some stupid reference because it's such a silly movie and it's meant to emphasize the silliness of D, but they're still doing like big significant things and obviously in Baldur's Gate, you're doing big significant things so i don't know Probably won't happen, but that's okay. <laughs> My selfish little uh, wants. You brought up Strahd. I think that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be nuts. Uh, that'd be so cool. Strahd would be terrifying. Yeah. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, but yeah no, I no, think no. totally different party. Different different actors. Or same actors. Different, different party, classes. Different actors. That would really yeah. be embracing the true <laughs> D&D spirit. I agree. I think that's the best way to do it. It would be so fun. And I think get more people going, oh, D&D, I can be anything? Cool, okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the one thing that I wanted to note about it that I thought was interesting is we did have two, we had two party members quit. Mm. So one of them quit, and the other one kind of got booted out. I feel bad. Mm. But Aww. they were literally the reason we had to reschedule over and over and over again. So uh, it's just not going to work. We're like, dude, I don't think it's going to work out. And he goes, yeah, I agree. It was, he, he understood. Oh, but okay, okay. we had another couple that really wanted to play. And so they came in and they oh, actually cool. picked up. We were going to get them new characters. But the one, <laughs> the husband was like, man, can I be a dwarf cleric? That would be awesome. And we're like, well, it just so happens just that look. we have a dwarf cleric. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So we out. gave them on Saturday, we played Sunday D&D. On Saturday, we gave them a crash course on how to play D&D, because they had not played nice. D&D before. And did a kind of a one-shot, but it was more like we were just... It was complete improv. Nothing was planned. Oh, okay. And ran them through a little like one-shot of it. It was a couple hours of gameplay. Just those two characters, so they could kind of understand how the mechanics worked. And it was very ridiculous, because anytime you don't plan anything it's just yeah. gonna get wonky mm-hmm. but it was fun they were trying to find a birthday present for someone they knew's uh cousin and mm-hmm. had to do a whole lot of shenanigans to get an answer about their their birthday present <laughs> ended up making it really epic it that's was funny cool. that's they awesome. forged a dagger with moonlight it's it's a whole thing that's dope <laughs> it was <clears throat> but yeah enjoying D D, enjoying dming co-DMing is a lot of fun hmm. uh, but it has its challenges it's really hard because if you got two different ideas you're literally trying to discuss them in front of a party without them understanding what you're 
mm-hmm. yeah, asking each other and you're writing things down back that and forth. That makes sense. Oof. Yep. That's awesome. But I, <clears throat> as far as my brain goes, it's been super helpful to have my wife like co-DMing with me. Nice. Doing all the logistical stuff while I try to improv ideas and make things work. And I think it's made it a lot easier for me to describe the fight. And that was one thing that I really enjoyed when I was playing in combat was I would kind of be told how the combat looked. And so it becomes a little bit more lively, livelier than, you know, you roll, you hit, you do this much damage. Which, if I had to do all that stuff, my wife's been kind of doing all that, I can kind of go into the storytelling of it all. That's awesome. Yeah. Fun. Also, we made our party cry. <laughs> so last session. So, super happy that I was able to uh, make get it engaging enough that they actually felt emotions that was neat D D is it's a cool thing if you've never played D before you definitely should yeah. give it a try we can get into the gaming oh, news then before we do get yeah, into gaming right. before we get into gaming news real quick since you're putting D D stuff um uh, yeah i might as well bring it here um I've been playing D and D in my buddy's campaign, <clears throat> Western sci-fi mm-hmm. themed, as I've described before. But <clears throat> we did something with um, the group that's that I've been a, a part of doing this with is called Comics in the Cross. It's uh, available on their YouTube channel now, and we have like a Spotify uh, feed that we're putting everything onto. Um, we did a, and this was my idea, which was really cool to see my brainchild. Like I'm, I'm just like I'm just a player, but I'm like, what if we do a crossover with this other campaign? that has been doing this for like three seasons so far and we just started this year and like what if we do like a flash and arrow kind of arrowverse style crossover where we do different nights a week but we do multiple parts and so we did this whole thing about how you know this portal situation had different players from each session end up in the opposite worlds and so we scheduled it in a way where everybody who could participate could participate and it's a two. It it was definitely a thing we did two days in a row. It was super fun, a sci-fi western world mixed with a pretty much classic like D and D themed world, and it worked out so well. And seeing these characters that everybody got to fall in love with, and like you know, I've been catching up on the other campaign too. So like, hearing you know like just having those two worlds interact with each other was so off the wall and super fun. Wow. It's and it's one of those things where it's like we don't know if this has ever been done before. Like we really don't. Um, I was going to bring up, have you ever heard of the largest, did you hear, last year, the largest D&D campaign ever, session ever, uh, happened? I remember hearing something about that, yeah. I don't remember how many people it was. But it was like a two, yeah. It was definitely a two-night event we did. It was like three hours apiece, and it was just so cool, like. 1,227 players played D&D at the same time. It was at a mall, and they were all. So they all had their own DMs at okay. these different tables, and they were all playing D and D. That's crazy. And then the story slowly brought them all together, so that really? all of them were playing against um, a final, like a final boss. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's Whoa. awesome. Yeah, I did not know. Happened, uh, in April. This takes so much coordination. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm planning. I can't imagine. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, so something Definitely like that has been done. That's awesome. I'm gonna look that up, but. Yeah, so it's just really neat to, you know, have that idea and have the DMs run with it, and it's been really cool to be a part of that group because yeah. both campaigns are basically sister campaigns, and now they're connected. And we're probably gonna make this a holiday thing, and so it's gonna be like a we're we're saying it's gonna rival the Doctor Who special. 
um, as a joke. <laughs> Let's um, go. So yeah, that's that's where we've been. But anyway, since you talked about D and D stuff, I wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Before I forgot about it. Um, cool. Yeah. So let's move on to gaming news then. Um, really, two. Both of these trailers we're talking about today. First, we'll be talking about the GTA Six trailer. Um, again, um, big, you know, M tag on this one. Um, yes. G- GTA is, you know, it's the in- infamous known for stretching the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the boundaries. Yep, yep, that's for sure. And um, this trailer does show it's only like a minute something. This got leaked actually, apparently by somebody started leaking it, <clears throat> and so Rockstar. This all happened when I was at work today. I feel like I barely got to check anything at work um, today, and so all of a sudden, like the last hour or so, I'm scrolling through our, our messages, and I'm like, oh. Okay, this is podcast news right here. So I checked it out, and um, we are going to be back in Vice City, uh, which is, um, mm-hmm. I think it's super cool. It's that's a fun setting, um, but it's in in a modern setting now, not like a '70s setting. Um, so we're going to get all like a lot of Florida now, not just Vice City. Um, we're we're going to yeah, get it all almost, Florida. Yeah, definitely the Everglades and stuff, and just, yeah, it's going to be wild. Um, Big fan boats. Yes, definitely. So. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. The setting will be really cool. Uh, I'm more excited for, so I guess, I mean, that I haven't finished GTA V story. I might someday if, if I really get the desire, but, um, the story is a male and a female character, kind of a Bonnie and Clyde situation. And this is the first time we'll ever get the, the chance to play as a female character, like as a main character in a GTA game, which also definitely, um, raises some questions like, Oh, well, what are you going to have? You know, like, there's things in GTA that it's like, yeah, that's like, probably shouldn't be doing that in a video game, you know, things like that. So I'm just like, what does that mean for a female character? Like, what are, you know, like, are they going to stretch the boundaries there or like what? You know, so that's kind of like, that's where my mind goes. She's like, okay, like, that's a pretty bold move. Um, but I mean, these two characters are, like I said, it's a, in a Bonnie and Clyde situation. They're in a relationship or whatever. I'm curious to see, like, where the story goes and, you know, who these characters are. Um, GTA Five did a really big thing when they let you play as three different characters between Franklin, Michael, and Trevor, who all have their own, like, I, it was interesting because they all had their own backgrounds, backstories, and whatever, different walks of life, I guess. Um, so this will be interesting. I'm kind of more looking forward to this story uh, of this of this new one. Um, and also it doesn't, so I think it's funny. They put out this, made this big old deal. They put out this trailer, but the game actually doesn't come out till 2025. According to the, I know I thought that was, (coughs) so I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, my curiosity with it uh is that, so the Grand Theft Auto five came out and I actually didn't play Grand Theft Auto five because I just, didn't feel like it would be right. i was pretty young my faith when it came out mm-hmm. uh, me too 10 years ago which is crazy yeah me too Dang. and for me it was kind of should i really be playing this to have a content mm-hmm. and I, I think i was correct probably in my decision there right uh, i'm hoping and i guess i'll wait till reviews come out before i like go and grab this game or anything but mm-hmm. gta online has completely shifted what Grand Theft Auto is yes there are role-playing servers and other things like that that make gta like right. a platform now it's less about being as grotesque as possible which i feel like yes they were really trying to do for a while you look yeah. at like vice city and san andreas oh, yeah. and now it's more of a 
Ready Player One in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, if you still play the main story, it still is going to be crude and have those mature themes, those heavy mature themes. Oh, but, for sure. It's going to be mature. But, but in like that, it, it's a platform. You can do so much on GTA Online now. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's more about doing... Mm-hmm. There's, it's more about freedom than it is about like the, the role playing servers are fascinating. You can do what you want. There's a guy I follow on TikTok. His name is I think he goes by Officer Messer. I think, but he's like sponsored and everything. And dude's a real police officer in real life. But he plays one in a role playing server. And every now and then I'll crew, so crazy, and every now and then I'll be scrolling through TikTok and see his lives, and I'll just see what he you know. I just check it out and watch for a few minutes, and I'm like, this is nuts. Like I'm just like, this is crazy. And how, like, the mods and everything, like, all the stuff it took to get GTA to even even do such a thing online. I'm just like, it's crazy. It's, like you said, it's evolved a lot. Yeah, I'm really wondering if that'll impact the story or not, or if it'll just I mean, if you want, you could literally probably start a church in GTA Online, if you wanted. Oh, yeah, but you could. Straight up. That would be, that's interesting. (laughs) I mean, like. There's nothing about online with six. Yeah. And so I wonder what that... It'll be there. I've, I've heard that they purchased, um, or I think the rights, or they purchased, I don't know if it was a company, they purchased the rights to a particular mod style, or a particular mod from GTA Online, uh, for 5, that, like, I guess they have the rights to it now, or they have the actual assets to it. So now if they want to, they can literally probably include that mod content in gta online because it is it is like role-playing systems and stuff like that that's cool i believe so they can I'm do curious. it i have do no it doubt again. that it won't be uh, raunchy <clears throat> and there'll be nudity and mm-hmm. drugs and all that stuff but i always oh, yeah. wonder if it won't be as uh, i don't know the word for it uh egregious as it's been in the past yeah i think depending it almost, on it's always the... been kind of a commentary on life and yes. like this satire of it has. Uh, what our world is but i think that uh, now the world almost probably would want something a little bit more serious from them that's more of like a yeah. uh, reflection of our world one of the more creators like one of kind of like a mm-hmm. do more not do the worst yeah. one of the creators i guess i think in, in the last couple of years they made a comment where it's like you know it's kind of been really difficult because of like the world in itself has become a content commentary on its own like you know like yeah. <laughs> it's like there's too much you know that's so on the nose that it's like oh okay um so it'll be interesting for sure um we'll see got a couple years yeah crazy um yeah so the other trailer i'd say we got at least the gta 6 gave us some like in-game like scenes and stuff but we got a a teaser for dragon age dreadwolf and this was just a bunch (laughs) i can feel shelly about to pop off right now um Uh... it's just it's just a bunch of like stills and stuff like concept art and all that and then it's like more to be revealed the summer of 2024 i'm like, like okay they just shouldn't have done it at all i, f- I feel like this stop. is i think we got some kind of teaser about a year ago too because we thought it was going to be at the game awards or something right i remember having this conversation so, last year it's like every year since they first announced it. <laughs> yeah Every year they have some little, a little nugget, nugget. Yeah. tiny, tiny little piece of information that's not even really <laughs> enough to even theorize yeah. on. Like, it's not even enough to, like, yeah. garner hype. It's just enough where we're like, yeah, okay, cool, you're still sure working on it, but, like, yeah. you're not done yet. <laughs> it's been so long, and we can know right, Bioware right. is kind of a, it's kind of on fire right now. 
Um, there's just a lot of weird things yeah. just happening. People have left. So it's just, I'd rather personally, like, stop getting this weird, like, tease every year or so. Yes. And maybe just work on the game and then release it or, or release a trailer same year or, or six months beforehand like do the it's kind of like what nintendo does um it's kind mm-hmm. of what other some other companies do same thing it's like oh we're working on this huge game and guess what it's out this year like that feels so much better than i this love that yeah really weird long drawn out like and again it's not like it's not like any of these teasers are actually giving us information none of them have given right. us information like right. anything actually worth anything like, right we already knew it was going to be to venture that was obvious from the game, from Dragon Age Inquisition. Like that mm-hmm. was obvious from the from the DLC in that game. That mm-hmm. okay, the game's gonna be into winter, and then everything else. And it's like, oh well, the dreadful. We know who the dreadful is, and oh, what could he be like plotting, and who could we be playing as? And like, I think there was like one. I remember. I, I think they released some sort of like art of like mm-hmm. some of your companions and i remember like one of them was a canary and i don't remember the rest of them it doesn't matter right so and then they released that anime which is oh, like yeah. oh cool like maybe this will like tie directly into dreadwolf somehow and like yeah probably <laughs> it will like probably there's going to be references to it in dreadwolf but my gosh what a short show and yeah. frankly quite forgettable and guess what? That came out last year at this point. It came out, I mean, cool. yeah, actually almost a year ago. It was December last year. So Dang. cool. Now we have a show that no one's going to remember by the time Dreadwolf comes out. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, I don't understand their, their approach here because again, none of this is garnering any hype and it sounds like it's under some development troubles already. So I would think it'd be more worth the resources to just hunker down keep quiet let everybody kind of forget about it mm-hmm. and then you have people like me who thinks it's never going to come out and then would be pleasantly surprised if it does uh it, or you just you know people basically would accept like oh it's probably dead and then they mm-hmm. if they do kill it then it's not as disappointing because then they're not like putting out all these hints i still have the feeling that's never going to come out and they're putting out all these weird hints like mm-hmm. as if it's going to and i'm just i feel like i'm going to get dis- disappointed like don't give me hope <laughs> don't, don't give me <laughs> don't hope. Give, yeah uh, but even worse, I think it's going to come out and just be awful. Um, I really don't have any help with this game, and it's really sad. I, I would love it to be amazing. I just... I Yeah, this trailer mm-hmm. is just another... It's nothing. It's literally nothing. Mm-hmm. They show, like, maps, and I think their idea behind it is, like, they're trying to build hype. They're trying to, like, show, look at all these different countries you're going to be able to go to, all these places you've never gone to in a Dragon Age game, like, Taventer and Neanderthals and, like, all this other stuff, like, all these places that have been referenced guess what? You're going to be able to go there. And I'm like, cool. That's not what I care about. That's not exciting to me. I don't, huh? So I I just don't understand their approach mm-hmm. is all I'm saying. And I need, before I can get excited about literally any game, I need gameplay. I need gameplay. That's how it works for any game for me. I'm like, I do not know if I'm interested in a game unless I can see some gameplay and they're, they've not shown even anything close to gameplay. Like, nothing close to gameplay. So, <laughs> like, it's all art. That is the only thing they've shown us. Even if, if you include the anime, the, their show, that is also art. Mm-hmm. They've only shown us art. They have not shown us mechanics. They have not shown us, uh, yeah, literally anything else. So, I am annoyed. And also, like, 
kind of thought maybe they would do something for the game awards and i understand i think today's actually technically dragon age day which i totally forgot about so that's oh yeah today so like sure that makes sense it just feels weird right before the game awards and like obviously that's under you know out of their control they can't control when the game awards is but it just feels weird i'm <laughs> like what are you what's the purpose mm-hmm. what's the purpose of saying guess what Next summer, we'll have more information. Like, maybe just don't say anything. Just give us more information when you were going to give us information. I think next like, summer... You don't need a teaser for a trailer. You next summer, they need to be like, okay, now it's out in three months. You know, like, or something yeah. like that. Like, they oh better be ready to... They better be ready it. to big reveal. Um, yeah. I don't get it. Those yeah. are my 15 takes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that's it for gaming news. Cool. We'll get into the movies then. I don't believe I've seen any movies. Surprising. Uh, so, what what about you, Shelley? So, this year, uh, my husband and I have decided we're going to watch Christmas movies, but we're going to try to not watch classics or movies that we've seen a lot already. That's a good idea. Uh, okay. We have already watched Christmas Vacation, but that's kind of necessary. Nice. It's kind of <laughs> that's a necessary watch. It's my favorite um, Christmas movie by far. So... <clears throat> but what we're gonna try to do is we're like well you know everyone keeps talking about these hallmark christmas movies and neither of us have like ever really watched any of these movies. <laughs> we have tales and and rumors and like stereotypes and stuff from these movies and so we decided to watch a couple like they're not actually hallmark hallmark movies but they're one was um i think from abc family and one is uh it might be a netflix original i do not actually know it's, it was just on netflix so we watched 12 dates of christmas and we watched The Night Before Christmas. So, 12 Days of Christmas is Groundhog Day, but worse. But it's still a fun <laughs> Christmas version of it. And The Night Before Christmas... Uh, so, they both have somewhat interesting premises, right? Well, maybe interesting isn't the right word. So, 12 Days of Christmas, I already said, is kind of just Groundhog Day. Basically, the idea is that the protagonist, she um, she's not over her ex, but she, ha- she, she signed up for a blind date, or she got thrown into a blind date on Christmas Eve. And turns out um, she keeps reliving the same day over and over. So she keeps reliving Christmas Eve and having these dates. So, yeah. Um, and it's so funny with these movies, too. How, like, there was this one moment where she's, like, walking to her blind date for the first time. And she's trying to find this guy. And she sees someone who kind of looks like, if you know, you know. He looks like a young Brandon Sanderson. And I mean that <laughs> way, but he looks like a nerd. Like they they make him That's look funny. like a loser, basically. And um So I'm like, oh my gosh, he's the love interest? That's gonna be so awesome because he's not stereotypically, you know, by today's cultural and standards, handsome, right? He's not like a good looking guy by by our, you know standards of western society right and then he's like trying to introduce himself turns out he's the wrong guy and then this just way more supposedly stereotypically handsome guy just stands up and is like like he's the guy and you just know and i'm just like dang mm-hmm. it what it's so much more interesting if it was the other guy but now we have mr perfect basically <laughs> this is weird so it's kind of weird movie and then it wasn't bad it was it was really fun actually. It was just cheese, which that's what I signed up for was cheese. Same thing with the night before Christmas. The night before Christmas, I think, was a little bit self aware, which was good. It was a little bit funny. 
but it's about the premise is ridiculous because it's about a 13th century uh, or or a night from this sorry the night from the 1300s like a medieval night <laughs> and he gets yeeted into 2019 and meets Vanessa Hudgens character that was kind of the other reason is that I want to watch <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens movie so what a ridiculous premise right it's so silly but it was pretty fun. I mean, again, they kind of lean into it. They know it's kind of a dumb premise. And um, it's it's pretty silly, but it is heartwarming, I guess. It's still kind of fun. Um, I enjoyed it, but it is... You kind of just have to like kind of have that mindset going into it. That it's like, this isn't like a well-crafted, super deep movie. <laughs> um, it's just... It's just a romance, right? Like a lifetime. Yeah, so I think the one thing, though, that does annoy me with a lot of these Christmas movies, though, yeah, is that a lot of them try to make some kind of statement as to what Christmas is about. Yeah. This is where my staunch freaking Christian upbringing comes in, where I'm just like, (laughs) none of these are what Christmas is about. Like, literally, no one's sort of interpretation of what Christmas is about is correct in these movies, because they're all secular movies. So that's kind of annoying. Yeah. From a... That, that was a conversation. Uh, give a shout out Lux Little Church because I've been attending oh. there on Wednesdays. Nice. Uh, <laughs> they are super cool. Wednesdays at yeah. seven thirty. Lux Digital Church. Uh, and <laughs> nice shout out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they we they were doing. I guess we were doing whatever you want to call it. The Grinch. They were doing at the movies, so they kind oh, of cool. did like, clips of the Grinch, and then we're doing the sermon around those those clips. Mm-hmm. And he t- mentions how at the end. Like this is what Christmas is really about, and it's like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's plenty of good like Christian-based kind of <clears throat> movies where, yeah, it is what it's about, and they kind of like go over that. But a lot of these movies, a lot of them, the Grinch isn't one just of them. aren't correct. They tried, I, yes, correct, yep. But it does give you a really good example of what Christmas isn't. So. Yeah, that is true, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just thought that was it. it's job. kind of funny, but it's also kind of like. Man, you just missed the mark. <laughs> yeah. But of course you are, because yeah. you're not that kind of movie. So <clears throat> yeah, because you, you, you wouldn't expect anything It would be shocking if you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this night in the in the movie would probably know Christmas better than. So that's the craziest <laughs> part is we kept making all these jokes. I'm like, aha, this guy is like super faithful because he's a medieval knight. He has to be, but he never ever talks about it and he never ever talks about that in context of christmas he doesn't talk about it in context of anything so that was pretty disappointing this is not historically accurate but it also wasn't historically accurate because uh ye old english is so different from modern english that if you actually pulled someone from there like you literally would not be able to communicate even though they are wouldn't understand yeah. you actually could not understand each other because words are so different um so like you gotta have to have some suspension of belief but i just that one i i agree ashley i was just like oh he's super christian because everyone was in that era uh <laughs> yeah. but no apparently not at least they, he doesn't talk about it knows, <laughs> not uh, him that's, that's funny. funny uh that's one of my favorite things about last kingdom is they will show like wessex but they'll show the old english spelling and it's still like english letters but it doesn't say wessex it says something totally different <laughs> but it's supposed to be it's in modern times would be Wessex. That's funny. It's cool. Uh, yeah, the language is totally, totally different. 
Uh, LJ, what movies did you watch? I also watched Christmas movies, um, but first I, I need to be watching the Christmas. Stuff. I have a recommendation. Uh, I watched it last year, but they have a cheesy Christmas movie on Netflix called Love Hard. It's with the comedian uh, Jimmy Oyang, and it's a terrible plot. Like it's about this girl who goes to visit this guy that she only knew through like an app, and so like he technically like catfished her, like because oh. he posted. In, but it's this plot where she gets like stuck there, or for some reason, I guess, and you know the you know classic holiday like romantic comedy plot you know like it's a super awkward premise but it, it i enjoyed it um that was last year i think i talked about it but just wanted to throw that one in there again um the other movies i did watch um not definitely not like super traditional um christmas movies either um candy cane lane i watched with eddie murphy that just came out on prime um it's not very good it's okay it's very mid it probably even a little bit below mid there were some enjoyable moments but it's a two-hour movie also so like i feel like it kind of overstayed its welcome um it wasn't as funny as it could have been especially with eddie murphy um it was fun there's like definitely better movies you could watch than candy cane lane um (laughs) but i was like okay it was fine like i was like i'm not mad that i watched it but i'm also like uh yeah i probably never will again um the other movie i actually enjoy so much more i've watched it multiple times uh, over the course of um, since it's been out um, but I watched Four Christmases and that's with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon and that movie is still super funny um, a good romantic comedy movie um, the only thing I kind of got tired of is Vince Vaughn still feels like he's like oh, like playing the same character he always plays in every movie hmm. um, which I feel like that kind of got old because I'm like okay like he's really to me he's not really that funny anymore i don't know it's just like okay i've seen you do this a bunch of times um but i still think it's got some funny moments it's super relatable because it's like especially you know you gotta you know every family deals with that oh we're going here for christmas and all this stuff and so they basically go within the course of a day they go to four different places uh for christmas and each of their like families you know like parts of their family uh, I think it's a super funny movie. I watched it on Max, I think I did. Um, but I recommend Four Christmases if you've not seen it before. There's some funny moments. Like, Vince Vaughn comes from this, like, family of dudes that, like, are MMA fighters or whatever. So you can just literally stand there and get, like, get put in a chokehold out of nowhere. John Favreau plays in, plays in it as one of the MMA dudes, and it's so funny seeing him in it. Uh, a lot of really good cameos, too. A lot of good actor cameos, so... I, I do highly recommend Four Christmases. That's a good, really good movie. So that's that's what I've been watching. I'm probably gonna, I'm definitely gonna watch one or two more before we uh, wrap up our podcasting for the year. <clears throat> yeah, so that's it for me. We'll get into the movie news then. Go ahead, Shelly. So, a couple things here. Actually, let's start with the sort of um, outsider in this. So. Okay. We have a trailer for Furiosa, Mad Max Saga, so part of the Max Mag, Mag, Max, <laughs> Mag, but um, that movie, that saga, it's like a whole thing. So We broke show. And I don't know Mad Max, I'm going to be honest, I just know that they drive cars <laughs> in like deserts and stuff. Yes. Uh, it's like... Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, which is like neat, but Ani Taylor Joy's in it, and Chris Hemsworth is in it, and they don't look like yeah. themselves, which probably is a good thing. I don't know. I'm just I, I mm-hmm. saw him in the trailer. I'm just like, that's really them. Oh, okay. Which again, I am excited about Chris Hemsworth costuming. I was like, all right. I think it's pretty neat. 
It looks a little bit. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen any Mad Max movies, uh, but some of the some of the shots look a little bit funky. The, the one me, to watch is little... definitely Fury Road, straight up. Yeah, oh, I think okay. you would enjoy Fury Road, Shelley. A lot okay. of it it prides itself on being practical effects, and they do some crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy things. With practical there are some effects really good movie. scenes in that movie. I think. It's that really contrasts uh, with this trailer, and I'm hoping that maybe they fix some of the CGI in this trailer because there's a little bit of this that feels very Speed Racer to me. And that was like the whole point of Fury Road was how practical they could get with all these shots. I need to find out if the same so director if the same director's doing this one. And it looks so CGI in this and cartoony. Because if it's the same director, he wouldn't probably. I feel like he wouldn't do that. Oh no, George Miller is directing it again. Okay, he's directed every Mad Max okay. movie. Okay. So I saw a lot of comments that were saying that the trailer for Fury Road looked really CGI heavy and that they were able to clean a lot of it up mm-hmm. when the actual movie came out. And hopefully that's the case, but time will tell. I wonder how long this trailer's been in the oven, too, with, like, the strikes and everything. Like, you know? Yeah. So I wonder, like, how long they've been waiting to show that. Or maybe couldn't, or maybe couldn't get the time to work on it, like, as much as they wanted to. So. Right. Yeah, we're, in a, yeah. we're in a phase where I think all the news is trying to get out like for next year before like next year gets here so i think yeah. that's that's kind of what we're dealing with right now in gaming and movies and everywhere else a lot of news coming mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm excited i've consumed everything mad max related pretty much over the course like since i was a kid you know <laughs> we'll see yeah i'm not sold yet yeah but again um that's a bit of an exception because we can move on to godzilla way more interesting yeah oh my gosh so godzilla if you're anyone if you're in the know um it's actually two big godzilla movies out slash coming out soon so we have godzilla and kong the new empire or godzilla x kong (laughs) i don't know it's like a godzilla and kong movie obviously um but we also have godzilla minus one so godzilla minus one is japanese right and Mm -hmm. godzilla made by toho yeah is uh Godzilla and Kong crossovers, obviously, American. So, I just think it'd be interesting to compare these a little bit. So, we only have a trailer for the Godzilla Kong uh, tra- uh, movie. So, it's not out yet. Godzilla Minus One is already out. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk about it a little bit. Because it is breaking box office records. So, including the biggest domestic opening for a foreign language movie of the year. It's the biggest opening ever for a live-action Japanese movie in the U.S., um, and it's already almost made its entire estimated budget back, um, just since box crazy. office opening, which That's is so cool. insane. So, but then when you look at it, it says, you know, estimated budget of 15 mil, which I mean, on paper sounds like a lot, but when you compare to other movies, like I think, uh, did you look up what, how much Godzilla and Kong yes. So, Godzilla versus Kong, the first versus one Kong. that came out like a couple years ago, that was 155 to 200 million dollars. Cool. So, compare that to 15 million. That Dang. is Wide so crazy. And from what we can gather, they've made back already supposedly around 11 million. So, like, they've almost completely and obviously there's there's no sign of stopping like i'm gonna go see this movie for sure this movie looks freaking mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. but uh that's just so crazy good. to me it's like and it looks better i'm gonna be completely honest it looks better like yeah. visually the godzilla looks terrifying i don't know maybe that's where they put all their money 
but I, I think it's a, it can kind of create a bit of a conversation with how Hollywood is so obsessed with throwing so much money at movies. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like movies from, especially outside America as of late and maybe just ever, I just, and, I, and the special effects, seeing. like yeah, the stories of movies have not, I was just talking to um, an older couple. Uh, I wait tables. And I was talking to another couple today about there haven't been a lot of good movies uh, for a while. And mm-hmm. when they say good movies, they're not worried about special effects. They're not really into that kind of thing. They just mean story. Uh, and so they're like, they're, movies with story in the United States have kind of become non-existent. <laughs> we got lucky with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. <laughs> the Spider-Verse was good. And I mean, those are things that they wouldn't have watched, obviously. No, for sure. I get. I they probably wouldn't have seen Barbie either. That I, I get it. Yeah, I brought up Oppenheimer. Oh, they hadn't seen Oppenheimer. I think they should. Oh, I need to watch that still this week. But okay. you kind of like Godzilla minus one. Probably they really got deep in the story because that was the only way they were going to make a good movie with fifty million dollars. Yeah. And then you got Godzilla versus Godzilla and Kong. That they're like, we don't need a good story. Just make it look really cool. Yeah, exactly. One is, you would just tell, like, just because you throw money at something doesn't mean it's going to be better. And who knows? Maybe this new Godzilla and Kong movie is going to be really good. Who knows? It um, looks cheesy as heck. But it's just, yeah. But... It's just, I'm uh, excited for it, but not the same way I'm for Minus One. I'm more excited for Minus One mm-hmm. this $50 million for sure. movie. Minus One looks so This looks great. like an Avengers-esque, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got Ant-Man, Quantumania vibes... With Godzilla and Kong in it. Oh no, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, I'm hoping it's better than Quantum Mania, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if it will be. <laughs> it looks so silly. Godzilla running at what is it, two hundred trilloton? <laughs> See, the first the first one was definitely silly, but there were some really cool moments I liked in that too. So it's just like, I'm just this is a pop. That's definitely a popcorn flick. Um, mm-hmm. and it is yeah. seeing it is crazy seeing two, both of those movies come out like pretty close together too because in a few months we'll get the other one um, yeah it's really weird that they can't nail this down to me so we watched the first Godzilla movie and there was like 15 minutes mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was actually 8 minutes of uh, Godzilla actual mm-hmm. footage in that movie and it was all story driven but the story just wasn't that great mm-hmm. and so it's almost like they took a 180 and they're like they want more Godzilla that's all we're going to give them. And they just kind of threw story out the window in the last few movies. Godzilla 2 did really good. I loved Godzilla 2. Godzilla 2 was had good. had story mm-hmm. to it. And you got a little bit more of the fighting. And it was kind of best of both worlds in that way. Godzilla vs. Kong was definitely like, you guys want kaiju's fighting? Mm-hmm. We'll give you kaiju's fighting. And we loved it because <clears throat> that was all we wanted for that movie. Yeah. But I think yeah. now, I it's Minus One is doing Godzilla and Kong a disservice. Yes. Yeah. And we're like, I'm like, oh, that's what a Godzilla could be? Why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost seems like we took a wrong turn. And then it <laughs> looks yeah. it looks like this it looks like this new movie too, this new Godzilla versus Kong thing. It's like, oh it's a Kong movie, but oh he's getting his butt kicked, so let's call Godzilla. Like that's pretty much yeah. what it is. It seems like anyway. Uh, there's an anime made by Polygon and uh I think it's Polygon on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not the newer anime, there's an older one. I yeah, when the older one, that's Godzilla is a, uh, that's a spoiler. Um, they're in the future, and it's super cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think, uh, 
this combined with um especially like yeah these really big hollywood ones specifically i'm looking at disney like really really looking at disney just spending so much money on mediocrity Mm -hmm. and it's not paying well for them so i i think they're finally realizing that and at least Mm -hmm. i hope so i hope things like this where it's like hey you can make a really good movie with 15 million dollars yeah you absolutely can make a really good movie with 15 million dollars you can make a really good movie with even less um that's unfortunately how capitalism works (laughs) so like freaking western (laughs) uh you know america over here they people will only make you know organizations and companies like especially ones as big as disney are only ever going to make decisions based on money unfortunately you know maybe that's not how it used to be but that's kind of how it is now so maybe they're starting to realize hey they're just losing so much money it's not necessarily because they don't make a lot of money in the theaters they're still making a lot of money in the theaters it's just the fact that their their movies are so expensive in the in the first place like is crazy because if they got 11 million on a box office opening which they've had right Mm -hmm. that is just so not as good (laughs) to them if they paid 200 million for a movie you know what i mean so i'm hoping this incites some change it's not like we necessarily need cheaper movies we we just need good movies that the resources are allocated better right because that's kind of the vibe Mm -hmm. i'm getting from godzilla minus one where resources were allocated a lot better feels like there's a lot of heart to it whereas um godzilla and kong feels just super capitalistic Mm -hmm. it just feels like what you said it's like a popcorn movie but it's like my gosh do you need to throw that much money into a popcorn movie i don't think you do (laughs) simply put i do not think you do so oh (laughs) there's still that godzilla and kong uh versus dc movie coming out or not movie uh comic coming out too so they're definitely uh, milking that for all. Milking sorts. it for everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's not to say you know I want people to be paid fairly. I just don't think that's the the difference mm-hmm. here. I don't think it's all that money is going to the actual creators or the artists or the story writers or things like that. I don't think that's actually. That would be a question: happening. How much is a CGI artist in Japan getting paid compared to Ooh. CGI artist in? I'm sure there's a conversation there too that we're not digging mm-hmm. into. Right. It's just where is basically that's my biggest question. Yeah, for better or yeah. for worse, where is that money going? How is that money getting allocated? Why is one so much more expensive than the other to create mm-hmm. um, a difference in quality? That's mostly my question. And like, who knows? Maybe that'll reveal something on, you know, the Japan industry side. Maybe that'll reveal something on the American industry side. But it is such an extreme difference that I think it's a it's a good conversation. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, maybe one of us will eventually watch Godzilla Minus One and talk about it, and then eventually Godzilla and Kong will come out. But besides that... I have that, until Wednesday to go see that in theaters. Uh, minus One. Nice. Okay. I might try. Oh, actually. Uh, that, that is our movie news, though, was just Godzilla stuff, and then, yeah, Furiosa, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Cool. We will uh, go to TV, then. I haven't seen... TV either. I don't know what I did this week. Uh, I feel like I've watched something and then I'm just forgetting it, but other than I can, can think of. So, Shelly, you hadn't seen anything either? No. Uh, all right. Go ahead, LJ. I did watch Scott Pilgrim. I finished it. Scott Pilgrim yeah. takes off. Super good show. Watch it. It's really good. It's fun. Um, okay. Yes. Um, I, I, I want to. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I found out all the books are on Prime Reading. And I have the first volume downloaded. I haven't started it yet. 
But I'm, I have consumed every other Scott Pilgrim thing except for the books, and now I'm going to change that. So, yeah, super good. That's all i got to say. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did some quick math because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Going back to the movies, <laughs> 15 million is 7% of 200 million. Cool. Wow. Dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. I've been really into numbers lately. Sounds like um, Godzilla and Co- versus Kong minus one on that one. I would bring this up <laughs> later. Um, oh man, nope, I can't find it. We need to get in the TV news. I have another <laughs> really random stat, but I think it's really cool that I'll bring up in a minute. But I'm <laughs> stalling right now. I need to find it um, and I'm not gonna be able to find it quickly, am I? No, it's cool gaming stat. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> we got a trailer for the boys, and uh, these are all MA shows, but Amazon kind of released a bunch of stuff for us. Uh, so we got the boys season four, and it's very much about politics mm. and like the fall of the United States and how uh, like politically we need to fall. And I thought that was really, really interesting uh, because it's going to be happening in an election year, right? Mm-hmm. i think so close to one at least so yeah i the boys does that i mean that's what they've all been about is creating divisiveness and um shock value and all of those things but i was like wow you're actually like kind of walking into some dangerous territory i thought was was interesting mm-hmm. the boys is not for the faint of heart I will no say it's not it is <laughs> not just rated ma it is it's heavy to, it's trying to find that line Mm-hmm. And it it crosses it over and over and over again. So kind of yep. keep that in mind. It, it does. Uh, there is some really uh, good writing in it, as far as just it it does make you kind of think about the culture that we live in. It's very much it's doing what Grand Theft Auto used to do, and it it makes mm-hmm. fun of the culture in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it it takes it far. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind. Another show that I'm a little bit more excited about. But I found that stats. So I'm going to do that first. Um, totally unrelated. I just like stats lately. Um, actually, I'll get through the news and then I'll tell it at the end of the news. I don't know <laughs> stats. <laughs> Keep in suspense. So you have to listen to the very end. Yeah. Uh, we have a Fallout TV series and it looks like. It looks so good. It looks like Fallout. Yeah. It looks. I mean, literally, if you gave me a trailer and then you're like, yeah, we like made a live action remake of that trailer. I would. Oh. That totally mm-hmm. makes sense. It looks so much like a Fallout game. It does. It really does. From head to toe. Oh, it's like the bear thing. Yep. And the Brotherhood of Steel Armor, the Power Armor, and all that. The brother, the, like the bl- the like blimp from the Brotherhood of Steel from Fallout Four, and like there's just all these little Easter eggs too. Like I, mm-hmm. I, if you've definitely played the games, you'll like know what you know what those the things are. Director is calling it Fallout Five. I love that. Uh, that's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah, no, uh, I love that. Um, Which would be such a crazy way to do media. No one's <clears> done that yet. <throat> like, could you imagine if you got Spider-Man? Well, I mean, Spider-Man's a bad example. But I was thinking one and two. But you got Jack two and three, and then Jack four, <laughs> uh, which they kind of have a Jack four half <laughs> If their Jack four was just a TV show or a movie, yeah. and you had to watch that, and then the next one was a video game. Yeah, movie, TV, and games. It would be cool if we had something that was like the first one was yeah. a movie, the second one was a TV show, third one was a video game. 
Yeah, and then one of my favorite new, most recently, like favorite actors, Walton Goggins is in it, and that dude, like, he's the mutant that has, that doesn't have like a nose in that trailer. That's who he's playing. Mm-hmm. You could tell it's him. I'm excited for him and to see. Like, yeah, and Fallout Four or Fallout the Fallout series definitely has some humor, you know, like. Um. So I think they'll hopefully they'll like. Def- it looks like they might throw some of that in there, you know, like it definitely looks. Like, it's not going to take itself too seriously. It's got that fa- whimsicalness to it. It kind of does. I was actually a... more surprised at how serious it was taking itself. I, when I think of Fallout, I think of even, like, in Fallout 4, how goofy mm-hmm. everything was. It was everything so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, oh, so this looks like I'd have some, like, good serious moments to, mm-hmm. to it. So, yeah. I'm excited. I think it could be really... Yep. Be Main character is a vault dweller, too. I think that's super <laughs> cool. Like, they're just going, like, with a game plot, like, which is, I'm like, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, I forgot, The Boys will be coming out sometimes 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallout's got a better date. It's got April 12th. April is, I'm so excited. That's like sooner. That f- doesn't feel far away at all, which is also kind of scary. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even want to think about April. I'm not even done with December yet. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah. And, and then the last one's HBO. We got a House of Dragons season two trailer. Mm-hmm. I, there's not a whole lot to say. It looks like more house of the house of dragons house of the dragon mm. i would say that uh, again all of these are gonna be rated ma shows kind mm-hmm. of look at it hopefully we'll have the reviews for them up on the website even like in even in the movie section furiosa is probably going to be a rated r movie too so yeah mm-hmm. and so kind of keep that in mind when you're when you thinking about watching these if game of thrones wasn't for you house of the dragons isn't going to be for you mm-hmm. uh it's more of the same same creators and very much the same content um it is always kind of crazy because like i watched game of thrones through the whole entirety of that show but like, mm-hmm. i wouldn't talk about it on the podcast because it mm-hmm. was so sure stigmatized in the christian mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. but then the finale happened and everybody was talking about it <laughs> so we got to the yeah. christian world yeah it was such a strange thing to watch that happen uh I think that that goes back to geek culture turning into pop culture. Yep. And so yep. even with like, the Christian world, it's like there was a time pop culture was wouldn't... even more stigmatized the Christian yeah. world. And now it's becoming more and more pop culture for them as well. And so it's becoming more and more acceptable to it, talk about. It was funny when I became the guy at church where people were like, hey, what do you think about this thing? What did you hear about this thing? Yeah, okay. All sure. right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, Such I, a, it's a window. And I, I never watched Game of Thrones. Like, still haven't. Still not interested. But... What I do remember is that, yeah, it was just sort of the thing that everyone could talk about. And even my boss, I remember, he was like, well, it was we don't really have, like, water cooler talk anymore. So if there's something that everybody's watching, everyone's doing, everyone wants to get in on that so we can have those those sort of conversations. Which I'm like, you know what, I, I like, super respect that. <laughs> it totally makes sense. And so it becomes kind of a phenomenon like that. I think uh, mm-hmm. to a smaller degree that kind of happens whenever there's a new stranger things season i don't think it's quite the same level but it's Mm -hmm. i remember like when the most recent stranger things came out and everyone was like talking about it yep so it's sort of this hard thing too where absolutely if you feel like you shouldn't watch game of thrones because of discernment like don't do it but on the other hand if you feel like you can you know watch it and enjoy it and you know take it in and, and it won't affect your faith then like that can actually help you get closer to other people so it can actually be mm-hmm. used as a tool to relatable. sort of bridge gaps there um it's really it's, it's an interesting thing mm-hmm. i want to get okay that's all over tv news so i posted this in a general chat in my volunteer team uh the other day and i just think it's cool stats about video games about gamers 
It's estimated that there are 3.09 billion active gamers in the world. Uh, you can Google that. I don't remember the source, but it's going to be your first result. Google. So, um, And there are 2.6 billion Christians in the world. So with perfect overlap, saying that every single one of those gamers is a Christian. Uh, 2.6 of those gamers are Christians. You still have half a billion gamers uh, that don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's huge. Yeah, there are uh, 333 million people in the United States. So, like, Sheesh. almost two United States worth of people are <laughs> My gosh. playing video games mm. uh, that are not, that don't know Jesus. And so, the conversation that kind of the NCMS has still been on my mind is, like, what is the church doing about that? And uh, the answer is not much. So, <laughs> um, it's cool that uh, we get to kind of work in that space and be a part of that um and so yeah you listening as well uh you know if you're like i don't know if you feel like you're one of the very few um you know christian geeks out there or whatever know that uh there's like a whole mission field um there are half a billion gamers that you could have you know go out and preach the gospel to and maybe make them your friends so that you uh <laughs> have yeah. more christian geek friends to to geek out with Mm-hmm. it's my new favorite stat that's awesome i love it that's great yeah um gives gives some purpose to what we're we're doing for sure mm-hmm. awesome you guys geeking out about anything else this week oh wait we have a question we do hey let's do it okay yeah um this was kind of off the cuff we are doing the podcast live on mondays we do it every monday on mm-hmm. our discord and uh it's just kind of going through uh, live we have uh commander cannon asking uh how do you reach out to gamers online um i think let's talk about how we do that and then kind of get into uh broader examples mm. of, of like what others are doing probably because mm-hmm. i have a lot of answers on that too um i know for me super cheesy was uh, i literally used to go to runescape and i would give out one gold coin because I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of them. And I would, would just give it to, for free. And people were like, thank you. And I would be so silly. And I was like, that was free. But you know what else is a free gift that's worth way more? The salvation of Jesus. It's a <laughs> literal thing that I used to do. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> actually did that. Uh, now I would say it's more um, creating friendships online uh, with gamers. And uh, I don't play a lot of games online. I think that's a really good way to do it. Would be actual mm-hmm. create like actual relationships through video games. Um, for me, it's more um, this organization, right, Geek Center Grace, and um, trying to um, equip others to to actually do this to mm-hmm. rich gamers. Um, so I'll let you guys answer, then I can kind of go into um, organizations that are doing that well, and then resources that we have and stuff like that. Go ahead, LJ. Um. <clears throat> I do want to give, I guess, what you said about, um, I guess, the socialization and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's something I normally don't do. Um, I'm, you know, I, when I used to put GUG in like my little clan tags and like Call of Duty and Halo and stuff, and there was a time I'm, I was pretty sure where I was trying to make emblems and stuff like that in like mm-hmm. Call of Duty or whatever. Any any way I could put our logo or put some representation of Geeks Under Grace, I would, you know. Um, but again, I don't play like with a lot of like randos online. I don't really like you know leave an open mic and just talk to people, which you never know. I 
depending on what game you're playing, that could be a good or bad thing. Um, if you do that on Call of Duty, you're probably going to get cussed out before more than anything, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, one thing I, I did in the past couple years is, um, you know, from listening to like the IGN podcasts, especially, um, I've gotten to know some people through those, through those. So there's a great Facebook group for the PlayStation one, IGN Beyond. And so um, one, when Guilty Gear Strive came out, uh, they had a few people going on there and be like, hey, like, you know, anybody want to get in on this? And this was like what I was about to review the game too. And I'm like, oh, this will be great. Not only will I get some people to play fighting games with, but, you know, I get to share Geeks and Grace, get to share my review too and stuff like that. Um, um, so I am in a chat full of a bunch of IGN Games Group fighting game fans. And like we talk about fighting games as they come out. I've definitely played some sessions with them off and on. There's uh, one guy, um, you know, who actually, you know, follows our stuff now and joined our Facebook group because of, you know, because of my presence there and who's somebody I've really gotten to like know a little more than a lot of the other people in that group. But, um, you know, it's, it's like you said, like building your relationships and um, being, inserting yourself into, into these communities, I think is going to be the best way. Um, and so I think that's just my experience in the last couple of years. So I, it's been super awesome to like make connections. Cause one of my things was like, Oh, I play fighting games online, but it's like, I'm playing randos all the time. I don't really have any people I can be like, Hey, let's, let's throw some, let's throw down a few rounds or whatever, you know, like, um, so there's definitely a few groups of people I do that with these days, which is something I didn't have before. And so it's been awesome to reach people that way and to get to know people. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you kind of reset, <laughs> honestly, but I think, uh, it's doing what you already want to do what you're already interested in but just standing up for your faith and not feeling like you have to shy away from it all the time like you don't even have to like don't don't necessarily like be like super you don't have to be super in the face about everything like oh yeah well i'm doing this because i'm a believer like you don't you don't have to necessarily do that but just like you know for me my example is if you're already into a hobby, you're already into something like a game and you join a community for that game. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like an online game, for example. It could be just like a, like there's so many different discords and um, forums, you know, Twitter groups. Like there's so many different online groups and spaces for that just are celebrating different games, right? Mm-hmm. So like you could just enter those spaces um, or like stream or whatever, right? Like there's so many different avenues. Oh, streaming just, was like, such a huge thing for me too. Yeah. I think for so, like, us as well, like as a yeah. whole. Uh, and I think, I think the importance is you don't necessarily need to like to be genuinely interested in the actual product or the actual game. Like don't make up try and be interested in a game just to try to like reach people because people are going to sense that you're you know, actually mm-hmm. right but if you actually like build those relationships and people like know you're christian then you open that door to them like you, you don't even mm-hmm. have to like force anything they'll they can come to you and, and they know that you can um answer questions or you know talk about your faith or whatever mm-hmm. i think honestly i just think it's a harder version of what at least I kind of strive to do <laughs> in real life. It's just harder because it's online and it is genuinely harder. Right. But I think you could still just kind of do have some of the same attitude of like, you can, you know, you show up at work, you show up where you are and, um, 
you just kind of keep your faith in mind and if people can kind of start to figure out like oh like you're a christian oh that's cool and but then they'll start to like ask you questions about that and kind of be curious about that you can kind of talk to them as that as that you know relationship builds um and it's just the same in online communities it's just it's harder because you don't have the face-to-face for sure i think that's you know we're not meant to be alone and even if you're talking to people online there is still that sense of loneliness uh, that especially a lot of gamers have. Like they only ever have their um, online spaces. So I think if anything, it's really cool to find people online that you can meet up with locally. Uh, Like for me, like I'm pretty connected with the Smash community over here, or at least somewhat, right? I don't really play a ton of Smash anymore, but what's cool is that, you know, um, the group all talks online, but we can still meet up. So there's still mm-hmm. an option of like, if I want to talk to someone, if they want to talk to me, I'd be like, hey, let's go let's go get coffee or something, right? So, you know, you can, I think there's options to reach super far away people, but I think there is a lot of folks who live closer to you than you think. And granted, I live in a city, so maybe, maybe you actually legitimately live in the middle of nowhere, in which case, sure, maybe your only option is literally to only ever communicate online. That's fine. That's valid. But I just think uh, there's so many gamers in the world, like Cody just said, there's probably some close to you. And so mm-hmm. you, even if you meet them online, there's a chance that you could actually like meet up with them in person. Like, don't just go meeting strangers, per se. I, I just mean, like, maybe find a local gaming group. Those exist. Like, I know in Seattle they exist. There's a ton of them. Where there's just like, hey, these are Seattle area gamers and we have, you know, interest in these games. That's a super easy in because then you could just like, you know, mm-hmm. you're already interested in the games and, you know, you all live in the area. You could take it to church with you. So, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> but I also, I'm not good at any of those things. Those are all like ideal, I think. And there's a lot of organizations, people doing, the, doing these things like so much better than I could. So. Yeah. I was going to bring up those organizations as well. I think uh, as far as relationships go, Love Thy Nerd does a really amazing job mm-hmm. with this. They're not necessarily doing it online, um, but they literally go to conventions. So you could go to a local convention, possibly, depending on where you live, uh, with them. And it's a mission trip, so it, it costs money. Uh, you have to raise the money. You have to really be devoted to this. And uh, they literally just go make friendships. They're not preaching at anyone. And uh, they're legitimately making friendships and then getting those people plugged into to churches. Uh, and so that's a really cool way to do it. It's very organized, um, and you don't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as, you know, you just kind of show up, uh, give some money, show up, and, and do it. Um, I mentioned Lux Digital Church earlier, and that's a church online. Uh, something as simple as being in someone else's Twitch chat and uh, be like, hey, when the Switch is over, I'm going to be hanging out over here. I've been talking to you the last couple of hours. Um, you want to keep talking, you know, we can talk in that chat um, and kind of invite someone to to a digital church such as Lux Digital Church. Um, I always go back to if you want to feel plugged into the church, uh, like Capital C Church, get volunteer. And uh, there's so many different opportunities to volunteer uh, at your local church. Uh, both of those organizations I just talked about, there's opportunities to volunteer here at Geeks Under Grace. Uh, you can go to geeksundergrace.com slash volunteer, I believe. And uh, we've got a list of ways that you can um, help out here at Geeks Under Grace if that's something that you'd be interested in. And uh, I think you always got to think kind of broadly with it, right? So it's everyone wants to be the person that goes out and then they they evangelize to a specific person and mm-hmm. they've done the job and they kind of forget, you know, it's a, a bigger picture. Um, sometimes playing a smaller role in that, it, 
planting those seeds can can make all the difference in the world so there's a lot of different ways a little a lot of different opportunities hopefully we answered the question well uh and gave you a few different options that you could explore because if one doesn't work for you you can always check another one but i think at the end of the day it's all about relationships rather than preaching it's about creating a friendship with somebody and then them seeing uh that what they like about you is actually um maybe the holy spirit and not just mm-hmm. not just you um so yeah that would be that'd be my sense and there's a lot of other organizations out there too i named two of them just because they're my faves but um if you ever need more resources like that you can always reach out to us at geeks under grace and we'll get you plugged in wherever mm-hmm. you are trying to get plugged in at as far as those organizations go um always be happy to do that and get you plugged in here as well of course mm-hmm. all right we'll end the podcast there everybody uh lj where can they find you at you can find me on twitter and instagram under lj the paladin and you can uh find you where shelly uh you can find me on twitter at the shell shock 24 cool you can find me on instagram at cody armor keep gaming keep praying and god bless bye peace We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening.